That's right. If you open your podcast player or you're on SoundCloud and you hear the music and the soothing dulcet tones of TC Crosser talking, it's another episode of Making Sparkles, a podcast about making the musical Sparkle Pony Bear. Or is it? Okay, so how's it been going? It's been it's been a couple months, hasn't it? Oh, so much has changed since the last angry episode I put out. Um, so let, let's let's get into it in this little fun intro. So I have a new music supervisor. Um, and I'll explain a little bit in this episode what my music supervisor does. I love her to death. Her name is Kaylee Drain. I will be getting an interview with her at some point. Like I always say, I'm going to have an interview with someone and then I'm too lazy to book an interview. So then I just ramble for a half an hour, hour, 45 minutes. (laughs) But Kaylee's become an invaluable resource and part of my life not just professionally, but emotionally. Um, she's been amazing. Uh, let's see here. My boyfriend and I moved. Uh, we moved to the Times Square area. <laughs> when I say that, everyone immediately goes, ooh, and then, Ugh. And I'm like, yeah, it's a little bit of all of that. Um, we need a larger space. I needed a little bit more room to do my music stuff from home. And so that happened. Sparkle Pony Bear itself has been kind of put on the shelf. Um, and this gets explained as this as the actual meat of the episode begins. This is just the intro, folks. Uh, but I'm still doing it. Everything's still happening. Um, this ep- episode is going to be more of like a master class on what I do in the studio and how I take a song from one draft all the way through to a demo draft. Um, and I think that that's something that's a little bit more helpful than what I've been doing in the past, which is just kind of like blathering away checking how long I've been blathering for and then immediately abruptly just stopping going oh it's been an hour I'm done with you fuckers (laughs) this is a little different I'm gonna be more methodical I'm gonna have better examples and I'm gonna lay that out so for those of you that are like oh but I love sparkle pony bear I want more of it. it it'll happen this podcast is going to keep going I'm going to be putting out and cranking out more episodes I don't have an answer in what the format and what will happen in the future for this podcast. Um, But just know I'm fully aware. uh, It's just there's a lot of professional and personal life changing situations all for the better. Um, And again, I kind of cover that in detail later on. So you'll love all of that. Um, Do I have any other notes or anything newsworthy? Probably not. I think that I'm going to let the episode speak for itself. Again, this, like all other episodes, is just me blathering away. But this time I have real music examples and I take breaks and I I, I kind of spread it out. I'm, I'm much happier and much more confident that this, this episode is indicative of what I always meant this podcast to be about. At the end of the day, 
the podcast isn't just about Sparkle Pony Bear. At the end of the day, the podcast is about my kind of trials and tribulations. And and what I'm prefacing before we begin is that, as you're all aware, I'm sober now. I stopped drinking. And I thought at the time when I started this podcast that it was an on and off switch. I'm no longer drinking, so now my life is about to be better and everything's to be fixed. As you will realize and as I've realized, as I've cataloged and laid out the trials and tribulations, substance abuse is a whole crazy gambit of exploration. Um, and, and where this podcast starts and where the where I'm leaving off is that through my music supervisor, Kaylee, a lot of things had to change. But one of the realizations that were made because of Kaylee's amazing support was that a lot of what I'm doing now, I'm doing for the first time sober. And that isn't to start some crazy dialogue about AA or some crazy dialogue about, oh, life is beautiful and better. It's more, I don't remember how I used to do half the things I did because I was drunk. I <laughs> I anyone that's met me personally knows I'm crazy. I'm just a crazy person. I'm dynamic, I'm loud, I'm emotional. Um when you add alcohol, and this is where it's very different for me than other people, when you add alcohol to the mix into me, I just forget things. I have huge gaps of memory loss. So one of the things that was exciting to share and work on one single song and showcase all the different drafts is also the process of me relearning how to do these things without the crutches and without the drunken whatever you want to call it <laughs> foundation that went into it. So, so just wanted to throw it out there just so you're not like completely blindsided, but that's what we're at. And then I'm going to go through this. Uh, it, it's going to, it's like 45 minutes long, this this chunk of this episode. Um, I'm taking one song from And the Infinite, that is the main male vocal song. And I've got three separate drafts um, that I break out, I have you listen to, I specify, I explain the process. Um, and this is really exciting. This is the first time I've ever done this in this format or this way. And this is the first time I've had the pleasure of working with my music supervisor, Kaylee Drain. So, so what you're getting is a very honest kind of track by version of track approach and, and I hope you like it I, I hope that this is helpful um, as always find me on social media all things TC Crosser T-C-C-R-O-S-S-E-R Sparkle Pony Bear is alive and well it's just gonna take some time so we're gonna we're gonna experiment we're gonna try this instead so so enjoy this episode, and then I'm going to come back after the episode for kind of some concluding notes, because mama loves hearing her fucking self speak, yo. But here we go. Let's get right into it.
first version I'm about to play for you was actually taken at DCTV, which is a creative arts venue in New York City in the Tribeca area. Part of a weird concert series <laughs> I put together called Paranoid Android. Um, it was split in half just for context. So the first half of the show were the those versions of And the Infinite. Um, I had no storylines. I had no character development. It was just the songs that I had already written. Um, and then the second half, I had eight singers, a cellist, a drummer, Um, and me, myself at the piano, and I'd completely rearranged Radiohead's OK Computer album. (laughs) It was clearly the OK Computer album that got the people to go to the show. But that's the context. Um, You're going to hear Brett Benowitz, who is singing and playing the guitar at the same time, uh, just so you have context on that. The song itself was originally written in San Francisco about two years before this recording um, with assistance from Andy Kushner. Uh, This was back in the old Oakland house days. (laughs) There's going to be all kinds of fun stories to share about that later on. Um, so, so that's what this this song kind of emulates. It's the very first version of this song. It's the very first time it's been realized by an actual professional singer-guitarist. Um, kind of warts and all. It's really important to note that there are no... I don't have any complaints with the actual performance. My complaints are purely with myself, the way the song is written, and just, it's a first draft. It's the first take of what I'm trying to do. It's a hootin' and a drinking song, because I was an alcoholic. Well, I'm still an alcoholic, but I was definitely an alcoholic back then. In fact, I'm pretty certain I was three sheets to the wind when I when we recorded that on stage. But here we are, and this is the fork in the road. This is where we were at. This is where I was at. I From that came realizing I had a drinking problem that had existed my entire life. (laughs) I realized a lot of the music and a lot of the work I was writing was out of a place of extreme angst and anger and confusion with myself. I, I, 
I didn't know what I was doing. I, I, as I've explained in all the previous podcasts, I fled San Francisco trying to make something different with my life, to try to do something else. And the problem was I came in with a set of songs and kind of certain aspirations that had already been created in San Francisco. So I wasn't really reinventing myself. I was just taking the same bag of tricks and just trying to do it in a different city, thinking that, oh, it's the location that needs to change. Once I change location, everything will magically come into place. I'm not gonna say that didn't happen. A lot of great things came. But all of the things that came were because of my own personal growth and development and not because of the location of where I was at. But this is where we begin. This is where the fork in the road is. And this is where things start to get a little bit weird. And if this was like the serial podcast, I'd have a little music cue. But I feel a little... I've been battling this and this is a complete tangent, but fuck it (laughs) like i thought about oh i can really polish these podcasts up i'm a composer i'm a producer i just feel like having added instrumentation to the actual narrative of the podcast becomes very muddy and confusing when i'm trying to actually break out songs i've tried it. it it just doesn't work so just trust me on that um so where things get weird Ooh. so this is what happened um about episode nine of Sparkle Pony Bear is when I started to realize things weren't going my way. And I, I really needed to take a step back and I needed to figure out why aren't things working out? We had issues with talent, namely male vocal talent that were driving me crazy. Um, I wasn't exactly pleased with the results that were coming out, but I really dug the soundscapes. I dug kind of breaking out songs from the way I typically write them and then going into the studio and just completely fucking with them and not becoming concerned with um, whether it's going to be palatable or fit for mass consumption. It was just, oh, these are really cool. And as such, enters this kind of new experience. I realized I was drowning in my own craziness. I I was realizing that in the past, for like 15 years, I had been a producer and been doing all these things, but I was drunk. I couldn't remember the last time I was in a recording studio sober. I couldn't remember how I got through things, especially emotionally, because I was so three sheets to the wind, people were just terrified of me. You know, I find this out later, especially when talking to Kaylee. She's like, oh no, everyone just thought you were a massive dick, but for some reason you were always able to pull it off, so we just kind of went along for the ride. And that that really kind of clues in to me taking a step back. So I hired Kaylee, And it was kind of this very adorable moment. And we're going to have an entire podcast devoted to what a music supervisor is, why they're invaluable, what they provide. But, you know, I was like, I kind of like, hey, bro, will you will you be my music supervisor? And she was like, "Okay, I'll be your music supervisor. That's not how Kaylee sounds. That's how all women in my head sound when I try to imitate their voice. You don't want to hear me try to do my Irish accent <laughs> so so that, so so Kaylee comes in and the very first thing we did was fired everyone 
completely started from scratch with Anne the Infinite. Completely just went, there's a lot of good ideas, there's a lot of good information, but you're in the middle of an audition process, we got to start from square one. And part of that was because a music supervisor is kind of like a producer's boss, but you pay them <laughs> to be your boss. Uh, anyone that, that works on music knows the most crucial thing is feedback, right? You, you want to be able to get an honest critique of what your song is. Oftentimes, I find that you do something, you put it on SoundCloud, and you go, hey, buddy, listen to my song, and they just go, oh, that was really cool, and then that's it. <laughs> um, a music supervisor, or at least my music supervisor, uh, Kaylee, she gives me the right dosage. She gives me positive feedback for the things that she generally likes, but more importantly, she gives me the constructive criticism. Um, that's why, like, with this song in particular that we're going through and we're, this adventure we're about to embark on, every step of the way, we get closer to the goal, but we get closer with her reminding me we're not there yet. And it's this continued support and assistance of going, okay, I know that you want this. I know that this is where you're going. I know you think this is done, but it's not. And here's why. And so she and I will sit down and we will listen. And that's why I'm able to do this little masterclass is that every time I have a different version, I put it on a, a Google Drive that she and I both access. So she has heard every single iteration of this song from the very first take you listened to to what you will ultimately hear that we've come up with so far. I just, it's long, but if you're listening to this because you want to know more about how this stuff works, so I'm just going to throw it out there and, and see what sticks. So Kaylee comes in, we fire everyone, uh, I go through a, a mammoth audition process that completely wore me out. At this point, Sparkle Pony Bear is in like the halfway point. I think this is, again, episode 9, episode 10. Um, and, and one of the directives that Kaylee did that was really informative was break this into phases. Look at your life, look at your professional career, and just map out what is it that you want. And when I did that, I realized what I was trying to do was not necessarily narrative storytelling from the point of view of these characters. It was narrative storytelling about the my own progress and development. And so taking her homework assignment, I kind of came back and I was like, well, there's three phases. And the Infinite tells the story about my childhood and the fantasies I used to have. And the Infinite ultimately is about what is normal. What is normal in family dynamics? What is normal for a human being as they grow up? These are things that we all deal with, you know, and, and I wanted to kind of capture some of my daydreams and fantasies when I was a child and realizing later on, no one had those fantasies or daydreams, that those were completely my own, but they were my own because of the crazy situations and events that were happening. Phase two is where Sparkle Pony Bear fits in, because phase two is about exploring this kind of like quarter-life crisis. Like, how do you become a man? How do you become an adult? How do you go from something where you're completely tortured and wounded and you're angry at the world 
and then now you have to do it all on your own. And, and, and about the people that take advantage of that, the people that, that come into your life because of selection bias, because you select for people that are just as damaged as you, you run into these situations. And that, that's perfect for Sparkle Pony Bear. That's exactly what Sparkle Pony Bear is about, is that this guy, myself, found a guy that was insanely abusive and it you know i i'm not going to say that i'm at fault and it's not his fault but at any point i could have stopped it i didn't and then phase three was like my final project which i'm not going to talk about because it's very cool and i can't even get started on to it until and this is where kaylee comes in she's like great You've got three phases. You've got three major projects that you want to say that are part of your life's work. So why don't we just stick to phase one? You can still play with phase two. And I'll explain where this podcast and everything's going to fit into all of this, but not for this episode. Because what happens is I start working on In the Infinite, which is why you notice there hasn't been any podcast episodes about Sparkle Pony Bear. I've been trying to reinvent the wheel for myself, doing this sober again, having an amazing music supervisor that's like a project manager who's kind of helping me through this. Um, and through that, I'm able to kind of break this out. So as I explain, every single iteration Kaylee has access to. And so what I'm going to do now moving forward after... 13 minutes of blathering away is start to show the different versions in the past i've tried to go into the nitty-gritty of like eqs and compressors and effects and i think those are all great and i love that type of stuff but ultimately i think it's you, you have to start with the final product first um there's a technical hurdle to this too because I have filters, I have effects on this actual episode because I want it to sound right. Well, if I have all these effects and filters, how am I supposed to show you what EQ adjustments sound like if I'm already going through a master bus of like compression and reverb to make everything sound right? It, it's it's a headache. I'm gonna I'm gonna figure it out. I, I promise you I will figure it out. Really what it is is bouncing down a final track of the audio and then that way you can go back into multiple takes of different things and have them be raw, long, blah, blah, blah. So, but back to basics. Kaylee comes in. So what I'm about to play is the very first version with Jamal Crowell, who you are going to hear me singing his praises this entire episode. I love this man. He is gifted. He is sweet. He is kind. He is straight and single, ladies. Look him up online. He's a looker. Um, so we're going to start with that. Oh 
What I did, and I've explained this in a previous podcast, I'm fairly sure, but again, many of you are probably going to be new. I don't care. This is my therapy. Fuck it. Uh, So I kept the instrumentation, the backtrack originally the same and had Jamal Crowell come in and record over that. Um, so when he's singing, he thinks he's hearing this 12-8 swing tempo drinking song. And then I completely removed the backtrack, kind of went to square one, and started to develop just this organ sound, this kind of grind. And when you couple that with Jamal's amazing voice and just the richness in the character, you don't have a final version of the song. That, that is something that took a couple of steps for me to realize. Um, took Kaylee sitting me down and going, this is great, but this is the first step. And, and that, that's, that's where we're at here, is that I'm now realizing this character has life. That <clears throat> this is narrative songwriting. This isn't writing a musical. This isn't writing a play. This isn't writing a rock album. 
it's it's narrative and and because it's narrative you have to have character you have to take these risks and and that's what came from this this is the organ sound the drone i'm in a 4-4 structure for the backtrack but jamal's still singing in a 12-8 swing tempo and that's when the fun begins because now I get to kind of tweak and pull and experiment. And Jamal has been amazing through this entire process. He's he's just he's forever a fountain of ideas. Whenever I doubt myself, whenever I don't know where I'm heading, all I need is Jamal to come in and with a couple of tweaks and a couple of suggestions we figure out and we discover something new. It's also important to note, Jamal doesn't read music, which is also really interesting because it forces me to go back to when I was a producer. Because most of the rock bands you, you work with, they're not musicologists. They didn't go to Berkeley School of Music. They didn't, you, you know, everything they do is emotive. It's about feeling. It's about working it out. And... Being able to work with someone like Jamal, where he he would not consider himself a recording artist, but when you hear him and you hear his story, you do go, that is the makings of a real recording artist. And and that 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 collaboration in conjunction with Kaylee as music supervisor, that is why this becomes this very crucial first step this this take the big reveal or the big revelation is that the songs need to mature they need to have a level and depth of character the characters that perform this song need to be a little bit older they need to have experienced life they have to be able to come from a place of meaning and when you take that and you couple that with your own knowledge base and your own inner workings and you have a team you have a music supervisor that supports you but gives you the proper feedback which my boyfriend loves because he loves that someone can actually tell me what's wrong or what to do and I gladly take it and I eat it by the spoonful <laughs> still isn't meaning I'm gonna all of a sudden be a better person and clean the bathroom every week like I'm supposed to <laughs> fuck that um <clears throat> but because of that i have this building block so what you're about to hear is the next pass at this and the next pass i add piano and a string quartet the notes i'm getting back from kaylee were indicative of this is really cool but it's not a song like it's an interesting exercise it's an interesting direction but you need to flavor it you need to kind of spread out the wealth a little bit and so I went back and I just completely focused on piano and string quartet and this is what you get <laughs>
the mic so you're noticing a lot of different things that have changed i've added the piano i've added the string quartet string quartet kind of added this element so that the chorus which used to be just kind of this swing like you know i'll raise a glass to you instead it becomes one two three four and that is all thanks to writing out the string quartet so string quartet it's its its own character. It's got its own unique flavor. And when you start writing for specific instruments, it's just like writing for specific voices. All of a sudden, these elements and these things come out. And the lesson from that is to not fight it, to not have such a preconceived notion of what the song needs to sound like. Because when you start to block when you start to say no and build walls fuck trump um that's when you you prohibit yourself and so from that that progress i was like okay this sounds like a real song it's also important there's two components to this um is that first I purposely keep the vocals low in the mix when I'm doing drafts because up to this point, everything is about the instrumentation. Because Jamal is an amazing singer, yes, there are things that need to be changed. There are things that I need to better explain and assist him with so he can perform this. But we're not ready yet because 
if the backtrack, if the instrumentation isn't 100% up to snuff, then he's not going to be able to be 100% up to snuff. So the, the, there's this one component that's really important about this song. The song is not complete because the major thing that you need to add is the vocal performance, which I am not giving a lot of instruction to him on because I still need to make sure I get the song itself like where it needs to be. Another component is it's written for string quartet, but I purposely am not writing the violin one part. I'm omitting the, the first violin from it. And I'm also purposely not putting the strings in the verses. Um, and I'm doing this on purpose, and I'll go into that a little bit later. But from what you're hearing right now, you're hearing the evolution. You're hearing that Jamal, he's still, he's still being consistent. He's being my vocal rock. And, and he's being very patient with me as I'm still trying to like figure out and identify and work through this. So I can't sing the praises of Jamal Crowell enough. Like he's an amazing, amazing man. Love, love working with him. And, and, that, that, and that's where we get to. So I go back to Kaylee. We start talking. And, and obviously, while we're doing this, we're also working on the female side of And the Infinite. And that's like a whole other conversation, so let's not, you know, let's not bury the lead on that. But it kept coming up. Where's the percussive element to this? By having organ, by having piano, by having semi-string quartet, you're, you're building it out but it still doesn't really sound like a rock song and it still doesn't it just feels like there's a component missing and so what I'm going to do now you can see that all of a sudden all of this like this podcast like's picking up steam like I, I don't have to explain a lot because it's or the meat and potatoes is in the song you're hearing and you're hearing the song in each evolution in each iteration as it's coming along this is where we're at right now. This is the the this is the draft of the song where I'm gonna really, really break out the other elements in the pieces parts. And so without further ado, here's what we recorded last week. I'll raise my glass 
can't see your eyes Filled with that heavy drunk heart Please don't speak when you tear me apart Hey yo But I, I never learned your name I never wanted to mean anything to you But I do love I'll raise a glass to you for all the shit that we put ourselves through Until the night is through I'll raise my glass for I'll raise a glass to you For all the shit that we put ourselves through Until the night is through I'll raise my glass for I never wanted to Mean anything to you But I do And yeah, so <laughs> So this is where things get fun, right? So, in my own mental crazy neuroses, I've been so focused on getting the instrumentation perfect. And it's important to know, all of this is done in what we call in the box. Drums, strings, organ, piano, all of the effects. All of this is done using Logic Pro X. All of this is using my own plugins. Um, the strings are using the East West Symphonic Orchestra plugin. Um, drums were generated using the basic drum kit that Logic has. Um, I, I actually worked with the drum drum mapping program, and then from there, further kind of tweaked and refined, and did a lot of like my own edits to it. Uh, a lot of work, a lot of craftsmanship went into that final version, and I went through this weird period where I thought I was done, <laughs> and and. <clears throat> When I say I think I was done, it was like, I think this is good as I'm going to get this song. I think that this is it. This is the demo. Um, I knew that the limitations are you want a real string quartet. You want a real drummer. You want to record the vocals in a real isolation booth with a real sound engineer. There's a lot that I'm taking on by myself, and, and it's, it, it's an important part of the process, is that before you go into a real studio and you end up shelling out like 500 bucks for the day, I think in New York they're actually more pricey, but you know, you go in there, if you don't already have everything perfected, if you don't already know what you want, you're just throwing money at it and it's not going to get any better. So, but because of that, I'm exhausted. I'm mentally drained. I'm doing everything on my own. Vocals, recording vocals in a home studio 
is insanely complicated, especially with dynamic singers or singers that have very unique voices. Um, you never, as many will attest, you, you never want to use a pop filter. You'll notice I pop my peas on a dynamic all the time, but I'm not a singer. Um, you'll hear with Jamal, there's lots of pops and buzz and, and the enunciations. And, and typically you fix that by using a condenser mic and then just putting the condenser mic a little bit further back and then the singer having a better understanding of what happens in, in mouth placement. And that, that's kind of how you turn a singer from a regular singer into a professional recording artist is that pop filters I find kill a lot of the dynamic range that you need or you want. Um, there's, I am going to, on the next episode, have a much more thorough explanation of hertz rates, EQs, you know, recording in 192 kilohertz versus 44.1 kilohertz, 16-bit versus 24-bit. These are really important things that I've learned, but I learned them because I've been doing everything in the box on my own for the very first time. You know, throughout my entire 10, 15-year career, I've had a team. I've had sound engineers. I've had mixing engineers. I've had amazing people, but I had them working on this when I was fucking wasted so i don't remember what they did which means i had to put myself back through school i was pouring through online and trying to figure things out all that said and done i was wiped i was drained last week i was emotionally exhausted and i was like you know what until we get in a studio this song is done we're ready to go and Kaylee, who I meet, you know, Kaylee as a music supervisor, she she's constantly like every week we're talking and communicating. But part of our agreement is that once a month she comes in and she <laughs> it is a very it's like therapy. She she not only wants to get the best out of me from the music, but she also wants to bring in emotional and personal development she wants me to really identify and understand what's happening so what i'm going to do with the remaining portion of this with this last draft of the song i have is i'm going to place just specific snippets and explain the notes that kaylee had for those specific snippets <laughs> And that's literally her starting point. And Kaylee's first note is, it's too long. She's like, this this bridge between the 12-8 and the 4-4 chorus, it's too long. And so we started breaking out. And I was like, all right, well, why is it too long? And she's like, it just drags. It's just like, like the piano just feels. And I stop her short. And then I was like, okay. But if we kill the piano there, then how do we deal with the ending here? But I do. From this is a conversation. And I, re I, I realize in hindsight I should have recorded it because it would have made more sense. But so then we really started digging deep into the instrumentation. What works? What doesn't work? What's going on with it? And, and what we're kind of coming up with and realizing is that 
the the piano sound of going up and having it lengthen both before the choruses and at the end it when you start working on a song you have pieces parts things that were important things that were like the foundation to the song or that version and what becomes insanely difficult is let it go let it go (laughs) and i couldn't let it go and she kept asking she's like the song is all of this, but you have these very specific moments. And what we, and of course, I, in my very crass, being a homosexual, I can say this with some, <laughs> well, with some latitude. I was like, it just sounds gay, right? It just, it's a remnant of it being a musical. And it, it's just, I left it there. Because I was using it as a marker to jump from my 12-8 into my 4-4. Four, four. The, the, the strings pick up <clears throat> and they actually hit the last four eighth notes in a 12-8 signature, which jumps it into a 4-4 four, four signature. Musicologists, techie geeks, you'll understand what I'm saying. I, I, I'm not going to dig too deep in that. But because I set it up that way, the marker was set up to have that two measures of 12-8. But that's just too long. It needs to be shortened. But not only does it need to be shortened, but I'm realizing, oh, I don't need the piano to do that anymore. I wrote a string quartet part, and I've refined and I've tweaked, and I've added enough percussive element where I can keep that all intact. I just need to, like kill the piano parts that are those specific kind of like scale ups right octave scale ups that i'm doing they're not needed anymore the song has taken on a life of its own so fortunately from an instrumentation standpoint that was the big component the other thing that we were talking about was oh what's going on with violin one you have no violin one part written you are omitting straight your tacit on the strings during the verse section. And and that's when I kind of go, I'm purposely leaving it bare because I don't know what I want and I need to have enough opening in the song itself so that as the other songs develop, I go back, but I still have a little spectrum of audio sound that I can do something with. So perhaps on the final draft, I will have a violin one part um, that does flow into everything, but really it's just the connective tissue. It's just the, the, the umph, right? The, the umph factor that you really can't get in until everything else is perfected. But through that dialogue, that's when I realized, oh, my song's not done. This is a part that I think a lot of producers, a lot of songwriters run into. When is a song done? When do you finally go, this is it. This is the thing. This is why you need a music supervisor. This is, <laughs> this is why you need someone that you trust that is just going to be unabashedly honest, brutally honest with you. And that that is the step. That is the process. That is the component. Kaylee steps in. She steps me back and she goes, this isn't done. And from an instrumentation standpoint, this is why. And it was really simple. It's just really 
one ultimately it's just one component that's spread out in three different places you know the piano sliding up no longer works because you no longer have the original backtrack it's unneeded it's excess waste and the only reason it was still there was because i was lazy and i didn't want to take the time to remove it <laughs> just being honest but i think if you you go to a more psychological standpoint it's also because this song has been with me for three years, four years, really, if you think about it. So for four years, I've had this song. And within just the past three to six months, this song has drastically altered and changed. But it's very difficult to let things go. It's very difficult to, at the end of the day, go, yeah, that was cool for that, but now the song is this, so this is no longer needed. And that that that's what happens with that. Um, I'm not going to play the snippets of the rest of the Kaylee notes because they all have to do with Jamal's performance. And I, I'm being very respectful because Jamal is amazing and I love working with him. But the problem was, it wasn't that I'm a shitty producer. It's that I'm putting on multiple hats. I spent so much time trying to perfect the backtrack that I never really spent the time digging deep with Jamal to get the best vocal performance. And at the time, I did it because I was like, well, we're going to go in a studio. We'll, we'll clean it up in the studio. And that's where Kaylee, being a, an amazing supervisor, goes, no, that's not the right approach. You need to like figure out something because and we're listening to the recording and she's identifying every single point where it isn't that he's making a mistake it's that we can hear that he's not getting it like i have not given enough direction that there's certain things like now that we have a 4-4 chorus he still needs to sing in a swing tempo but it's insanely difficult to sing in 12-8 over a 4-4 structure you know, it's the whole nice cup of tea, triplets over, you know, quarters, nice cup of tea, nice cup of tea, nice cup of tea, you know, or banana split pie, banana split pie. I, I don't know why people said banana split pie when I was growing up. Nice cup of tea makes more sense. But so there's, so now it's also about going, okay, now that we've got the song and the instrumentation, you know, and the other thing that Kaylee kept pointing out, she's like, what do you want? Like, Ultimately, before you go in and you do anything, you have to know exactly what you want from this. And I was just being honest. I was like, I don't know. <laughs> I, I don't know. I'm not going to know until we work on the second set of songs. The first set broke it open, right? We went all the way from this like kind of musical drinking song to this refined, more mature, a little bit more emotionally retrospective rock song. But I don't know the overall theme until I apply this practice to the next song I want to do. And so that's where we kind of put a hard stop. I learned that a song is never done until your music supervisor tells you it's done. Um, and also that, you know, now is the time where I get to actually dig deep with Jamal and and and, and tr figure that out so the next step is booking time at my favorite rehearsal space if you're in new york city and you're a musician it's super cheap opera center america they're located on 7th avenue and like 28th street um they're amazing 
absolutely love those people. The rehearsal rooms are state of the art. They're brand spanking new. Um, membership there is like 99 bucks a year. But when you pay the membership, I think the cheapest rooms start at like 20 bucks an hour. I know this is my like, <laughs> I this is my weird ad that makes no sense. But but it isn't really an ad. I just love this place. So the next step is reaching out to Jamal and just be like, hey buddy, let's just sit down at the piano. Let's go back to basics. Now that we know what the instrumentation is, now I know how to play it on the piano. Let's sit down and let's just focus just on the vocals, but in a neutral setting. No mics, no click track, no crazy, you know, shenanigans or everything else. Let's just go back to basics and do it that way. And, and that's where we're at right now is that we've, we've through this, we've now realized the, the couple of things I still need to tweak and improve with my in-the-box demo recording. And now we're going to take Jamal, throw him at the piano, and spend a couple of hours of just at the piano, no recording, just kind of hash this out and kind of figure it out. And there you go. I think that's pretty good. I hope you enjoyed this episode. <laughs> I, I hope it made sense. I hope that you gained insight. Um, you know, I, I give you the whole subscribe on iTunes, hit the like button, all that. I don't think that actually works. And I don't think I have enough people listening to really have that matter. But thanks for listening. Thanks for spending the time. Thanks for hearing my story so far. And hopefully I'll have even more and more exciting things and other things to add to this as I progress. Uh, so Sparkle Pony Bear isn't dead. This podcast isn't dead. It's just an evolution. But I don't know. I'm tired. I'm done. This is my lazy point. I've hit the hour marker. Woo All right. Have a good one. I'll talk to you later. Bye.